Meet Reed Lance Rosenthal, rancher, number one best-selling, award-winning author, and unabashedly, unapologetically on the right side of the outstanding issues of our generation. But don't try to fence him in. Sometimes his positions will surprise you because Reed is definitely his own man with his own opinions. You might love him, you might hate him, but you won't be able to stop listening. Step over to the right side with Reed. Howdy, listeners from Coast to Coast. The Gulf to Canada and around the globe. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. I got some fun stuff for you in this radio show today and some stuff that's going to make you shake your head. So, you know, we're going to skip a historical story today. We normally don't do that, but I have three kind of important stories to bring you that I want to kind of go into in depth. And we have a pile of rat-a-tat-tat. In fact, it has been piling up for weeks. And we need to catch up on it because everything... In that rat-a-tat-tat, while it may make you smile, is critical to your health, safety, welfare, and freedom. And of course, we're going to have our founder's quote, and I have a humorous quote-unquote rant story for you. (laughs) You know, the trials and tribulations of travel. And we're going to be discussing today the Hawaiian fire. I brought you information on that last week. I have more information on it for you this week. I told you I'm going to stay on top of that story. Because, you know, the mainstream media and the government just kind of wants it to go away. Which is always a good reason to stay on top of it. And I have a really interesting story to bring you on some recent COVID studies and COVID jab studies. I mean, very recent, like in the last several weeks. One of them co-authored by 77, that's 77, scientists and medical, top medical people. And it's kind of a barn burner. And at the end of that story, I'm going to tell you the rest of the story. In fact, on all of these, we'll call it mini segments, not rat-a-tat-tat, a little bit more than that. Each one has a rest of the story, which will (laughs) make your eyes cross, I guarantee. And we're going to have a little piece since I got a number of uh, communications from people who wanted, they wanted to dig down deeper, kind of dive into kind of the origins of this whole depopulation, population control thing that the elites are on and using every opportunity, whether it's contrived, whether it's real, or whether it's manufactured by them, like COVID or the climate change crisis, etc., etc., to lessen the world's population and control what's left of the population at the end. So I have some source documents for those of you who have asked. And I think the rest of you, uh, you know, you might want to look into them yourself. Remember, on the rightsideradio.com, we have a COVID page. That link is upper right on the home page. Click on it. It is a compendium of articles. We have a link to this whole depopulation, population control, insidious evil that's out there. In fact, emanating from the government's own documents. If you didn't listen to those shows, listen to them over the last several weeks. And we also have a COVID litigation page because the litigation scene revolving around COVID, government mandates, employment mandates, hospital treatments, and the government or government agents' knowledge of what was going on, which they hid from you, you know, psyops, is exploding. This litigation is exploding. And you know, it's a really good thing. Once again, folks, if you have a claim, if you lost someone because a hospital refused to administer the therapies you requested, if you were mandated by an employer to take the jab and you're having adverse effects, if you are mandated by the government to take the jab and you're having adverse effects, if your rights under the Constitution were trampled in any way, shape, or form, if your health was affected or the health of a loved one was affected, bring the claim, folks. Bring the claim. You want it to happen again 
or do you want to stop these people, these evil people, dead in their tracks? Bring the claim. Lots of attorneys out there will handle it for you, virtually all of them on a contingency, assuming your case is solid. Well, first, let's start with the founder's quote, shall we? Thomas Jefferson, he just had a passel of good quotes. And remember the one last week, quote, The issue today is the same as it has been throughout all history, whether man should be allowed to govern himself or be ruled by a small elite. That was apropos to last week's show. It's apropos to this one. But I have another one, which will be very apropos to this one from Jefferson also. Quote, There is no justification for taking away individuals' freedom in the guise of public safety. Unquote. Where was Thomas Jefferson when you needed him in 2020 and 2021? Or at least, where was his mindset? And on the rant story. So, we were down in the Idaho State Fair in Boise, which went very well. It was great seeing lots of folks and lots of readers and piles of new readers. And I brought you some thoughts on that from last week. The greatly increased use of credit cards over previous years, the greatly increased number of people saying they did not have the money, it wasn't in their budget, whatever their story was over the previous years. And we wound up that show, although last year was a record year to put this in context, down about 16% from last year. And in talking to other people at the show, most people, very few people broke even with last year. Again, a record year for about everybody. Most people were down 20% or more. There were some poor souls down 40 or 45, and I talked to one or two vendors that were down 75%. Unfortunately, this year, as you know, and I told you last week, it's been in our newsletters. By the way, anyone who wants to sign up for a newsletter, there are not many sent, but it is the only accurate information on the books, and they are kind of humorous, and they usually have great pictures on the rare occasion that you get one. It will not clutter your inbox. Please sign up and subscribe at www.threadswestseries.com. That's threadswestseries.com. We will be at the Clay County Fair in Spencer, Iowa, beginning next week. So all our great friends in Iowa, please come down and see us. And we will be at the NFR Cowboy Christmas National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas in December and the Denver Stock Show in January. Next year's events will be announced probably in December, January, somewhere in there, again, in the newsletter. But without further ado, so I left Boise about 1 o'clock Monday. Took a little bit more time than we thought to kind of pack everything up, et cetera, et cetera, because it's, we, we, we have a lot of stuff and, you know, book boxes and all sorts of nonsense, and I got on the road. Well, for a while, I was followed by a car that had two junior publisher assistants, and they're great. They did a super job, but they let me know that the rear lights on the trailer, and it's a big kind of converted horse trailer that we haul this stuff around in for the shows, weren't functioning. So I pulled into a trailer repair shop, which I found miraculously on my phone because I'm no tech wizard, and the people just could not have been nicer. I mean, they were absolutely terrific. They fed me a lasagna lunch that they had homemade. They thought it was going to be about a half an hour job, which I thought too. We thought it was just a plug, but no, you know, not to be. No, no, no. In fact, uh, everything had been wired kind of incomprehensibly on this trailer. None of the color-coded wires matched the inputs that they were supposed to. And the poor guy had to rewire kind of the whole plug and input box, the junction box. Anyway, it was kind of a big mess. And it was like 103 degrees. So it was just brutally hot. And we were outside. 
So it was kind of a miserable afternoon. But they did a super job. They got it all wired up, got the lights working. It took about four hours, so much for the half an hour theory. And off I went. And about a mile from the place, the rear wheels of the trailer start to smoke. That's never a good thing. So I pull over, went back, checked them, smelled like brake drum. So I figured that somewhere in this wiring that that had been redone, something had been crossed with the brakes. There's electric brakes on this trailer because of its size. And I unplugged it, went back to the shop, and he jumped right on it once again. I mean, terrific. And got it handled. But in the meantime, I'm 780 miles from the ranch. It's now like 6 o'clock or 6.30 at night. And it was apparent that I was not going to make the all-night drive. So I stayed in Pocatello. I had several errands to do over there and some folks to see, which I was going to do later in the year, but I got those done and it was great. And then I got back on the road on Tuesday and finally got into the ranch about 10 o'clock p.m. Tuesday night. So the 12-hour drive turned into like a 36-hour drive. And the moral of this story is one you've heard before. What can go wrong will go wrong plan on it. Improvise, adopt, and overcome. All right, let's start off with some of the, uh, an answer to a number of communications that I got wanting more in-depth stuff on the depopulation and population control series I brought you. So let me give you a little background here, you folks, and you can go to the website if you're on the podcast or go to the website in any event if you're listening on AM. But there's a number of useful recording that the self-appointed elites kind of proving, shall we say, that they they want far fewer people on the planet. And they've created this myth of overpopulation since the late 1960s. Remember, all these government documents came out 73, 74, etc., and then kind of ramped up from there. There's an outfit called the Club of Rome, known for its fake science and fake modeling. So the Club of Rome has been described as kind of a crisis think tank. You know, they specialize in crisis. Never let a crisis go to waste, folks. And the main purpose of this think tank was to formulate a crisis that would, quote, unite the world and condition us to the idea of global solutions to local problems, unquote. And, you know, after Hitler's eugenic project, which we're all familiar with, left a uh, permanent stink, shall we say, The Club of Rome, how nice of them, revived the idea under the guise of, quote, optimal population, unquote. By the way, its stated goal in its documents was to cut the world's population by at least two-thirds. There's a book by an author by the name of Vera Sharav, that's S-H-A-R-A-V, How Eugenics Leads to Genocide, World War II and the Spanish Flu. That's one of the foundational pieces you might want to read. There's another author, Sanjeev, S-A-N-J-E-E-V, Sabblock, that's S-A-B-H-L-O-K. And you should also look at the Club of Rome of 1968 and its 1973 Limits of Growth Report. Remember, 1973 was an SSM 200, right? The Kissinger Report. You can kind of see how all these globalists have their little communication chain and work together in sync at the same time. So there was this meeting in 73, and the president, then president of the Club of Rome, Aurelio Pecci, P-E-C-C-E-I, and so sorry about my Italian, spoke about this report. Quote, due to stress with a rising population and unsustainable use of resources, it was concluded that the planet was in need of global management to take care of the planet. By the way, where have you heard that before? Oh, yes, the G20, 
the WEF, and the UN. And in that regard, there's a book on that very subject. Dr. Jacob Nordengard, N-O-R-D-A-N-G-A-R-D, quote, UN, WEF, and G20 form the troika of global governance, unquote. So another foundational piece for you folks wanting to dig into this more. In 1991, that's 20 years later, the Club of Rome reviewed global problems in another book called The First Global Revolution. It was authored by two guys, Alexander King and Bertrand Schneider. And this was the book that really became kind of the doctrine for global warming, as it was called then and now climate change. And the the essence of this book was that all climate change, all bad things on the earth were caused by human. This is right out of the book. Listen to this. Quote, in searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit the bill. All these dangers, of course, are caused by human intervention and is only through change attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. There's yet another book. By the way, this is page 114 of this yet another book. The First Global Revolution, Chapter 5, The Vacuum, The Common Enemy of Humanity is Man. One of the 100 members of the Club of Rome is a guy by the name of Maurice Strong, who's generally considered to be kind of the godfather of the climate change agenda. This guy has a revulsion for people. In fact, in his 2000 autobiography, if you want to gag, you can read that, Strong dreamt of the day when, quote, two-thirds of the world's population might be wiped out, unquote. (laughs) A super guy who really cares about you. And basically, as you read this stuff, you'll understand that this whole thing of climate change, and I'm going to have some rat-a-tat-tat on this point that will make you think, even those of you who kind of believe in climate change. But the elites determined long ago, in conjunction with population control and depopulation, that the climate change stick, and it's not stick, it's stick, was something they were going to use to its maximum. You know, kind of the gaslighting of the human race. And they were going to use it to curb agricultural productivity, which you see happening right now, and to choke energy used by the poor, because that makes the poor die, right? And you kind of seeing that happen right now. So if you think all this is an accident, folks, none of it is an accident, and none of it is unrelated to any other tangent. All these ugly tentacles come from the same nasty global octopus. Another book for you, The Last Word on Overpopulation, The Corbett Report, C-O-R-B-E. And one other source for you folks who are kind of fascinated by this, and it is fascinating in a morbid type of way, and it certainly explains a lot of the stuff we've been subjected to over the last 10 or 20 years, and particularly in the last three or four. There's a guy by the name of Paul Ehrlich. That's E-R-H-L-I-C-H. He was the founder, and he was the first president of Zero Population Growth. Now, this is an organization that, shall we say, um, doesn't like the human race. How's that? I'll be kind. And he made himself out to be, and he was recognized as, an expert in population biology, ecology, evolution, and behavior. I mean, this guy did it all, folks. And one of the things that he suggested in his 1968 book called The Population Bomb was population control, including, quote, various forms of coercion, unquote, to be used if people didn't voluntarily just kind of, you know, off themselves or stop having kids. He authored a later book in the 70s, Ecoscience, Population, Resources, and Environment. And this book goes a little further. How about compulsory sterilizations? So for you folks who want to get into that stuff, 
there's some great resources for you. I think we're going to have this posted on the website. Once again, on the depopulation page, hit that link on the homepage and uh, have at it. And spread the word, folks. The more people that understand what's going on here, how everything is interrelated, what the globalists have planned for us mere slave mortals is really important. The next quote-unquote big story I want to bring you is Hawaii. So last week we reviewed a number of facts and a number of rumors. Some of the rumors have proven true. Some of the rumors have dissipated. But what is absolutely true, because (laughs) your eyes don't lie, is the videos and the aftermath pictures of how this weird fire, which came out of nowhere and consumed a town in the snap of an eyelash, with no warnings, with no sirens, with no nothing, was very suspicious. And I reminded you last week of the green laser lights that had been seen off the coast of Lahaina that were written off to be experiments by a Chinese satellite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. That was several months before this horrific catastrophe. But here is what is absolute truth, and it's emerging grudgingly, and only by the involvement of many great and courageous local citizens and a few kind of alternate press people, because the mainstream media isn't even talking about it, are they? Which tells you something's really up, because a lot of people died in this fire. This was a really big catastrophe. Number one, and I'm going to tell you the rest of the story here on this at the end of this little segment. Number one, first-hand accounts. The videos are posted on the website under the audio bar, under Rat-a-tat-tat, and under Family Safety. You can listen to these people for yourself. Watch the videos. And some of them are quite passionate. All of them are well-spoken. Certainly all of them are well-meaning. And the only ways out of that town, remember the sea is on one side, mountains are on the other, were blocked off by Hawaiian police. There was no way to get out of town. Listen to these videos for yourself. And there are independent reports about the same. They're also posted on the website. Number two, all the kids were given the day off from school prior to the fire starting. They had gone to school, they were sent home and said, you have the day off. And of course, many of their parents are working two jobs. So the kids are home alone. There were, and I have verified these numbers, although they're rough, roughly 2,000 kids enrolled in the schools in Lahaina. As of this show, only 400 are accounted for and re-enrolled. Only 200 have enrolled in online classes. What happened to the other 1,400 children? The police chief won't say. They won't release a list of missing or deceased kids. And in a really rare occurrence, there isn't the thousands of frantic calls by relatives, and it's assumed that entire families were wiped out. In other words, there's nobody left to call to find out the whereabouts of Sally or Tom or Bill or Harry. In a rather bizarre thing, and there's a video on this on the website too, it seems that anything that was of a blue color, which by the way is apparently, I'm not a scientist, resistant to certain types of microwaves and energy patterns as a color, survive the fire. In other words, everything around them is burned down. Some of them are a little bit damaged, but they're standing. The same with blue cars. You'll see in this video blue cars sitting amongst, almost untouched, sitting amongst burned out hulks of hundreds of cars around them. I have not personally confirmed all this. This is just a video. For all I know, it could have been doctored, but it's extremely interesting. Extremely interesting. And there's an impassioned plea for help by an organization that has been formed specifically for this disaster 
and the founder, one of the co-founders of that organization, his video is on the website also. Please listen to it. It's quite revealing. And help these folks because they need it. Our heart goes out to them. Something really bad, really sinister, and really mysterious happened in Lahaina. I'm going to stay on this story. And now I'm going to tell you the rest of the story on this segment. That police chief dude who doesn't want to answer any questions about this fire, particularly where it concerns how many dead children there are or how many missing children there are. You know what his former gig was? Do you know all the mystery that still surrounds the mass shooting in Las Vegas several years ago? Like 500 people wounded, 52 people killed. At a country, obviously a red, mostly red folks going there. At a country music festival. And how they said it was only one guy. And, you know, everybody else. And you can see in the videos that there were muzzle flashes from various floors of surrounding buildings. In other words, not just one guy. And supposedly he, he committed suicide, you know. So there's really no witness. Guess who the police chief was in Las Vegas at that time? The same dude who is the police chief presiding over the Lahaina mysterious catastrophe. And it seems to go one step further that he got a 30% raise a few months ago and is now making $209,000 a year, which, folks, is a really, really, really big salary for a police chief that presides over a small county and a small town. It does make you wonder, doesn't it? More on this in upcoming shows. And now for our next, shall we say, segment story before we get into rat-a-tat-tat. So, you know, um, about a week ago, actually about the first week of August, I guess it's a month ago, time flies when you're having fun, there was a preprint. That is a, a big medical article that goes out for preprint before it becomes peer-reviewed and published. And it was published on MedRx4, which is a major publication. And it's titled SARS-CoV-2 uses CD4 to infect T-helper lymphocytes, unquote. I'm not a doctor, folks. I'm not a scientist. But let me tell you what this means. This is really, really big. And this was authored by 77 doctors, specialists, and scientists. That's pretty amazing. And it's already received three positive peer reviews. The study's conclusion. We demonstrated that SARS-CoV-2 spike glycoprotein that was kind of the main deal in the shots, if you will, directly binds to the CD4 molecule, which in turn mediates the entries of SARS-CoV-2 in T helper cells. This leads to impaired CD4 T cell function and may cause cell death. COVID-infected T helper cells express higher levels of IL-10. Let me kind of boil this down for you. So the study showed that a COVID, whether you got the spike from COVID or you got the spike from the jab, that protein, that spike protein, interacts with 77 different human tissues. Remember what they told us? Oh, no, that doesn't happen. It stays in your shoulder. It's safe and effective. Where it's particularly insidious is that it matches and attacks and latches onto CD4 helper cells. It's almost like it was designed to attack these cells because these cells are the first line of your immune defense to any infection. They're the ones that sound the alarm and bring in all the other antibodies to fight an infection. CD4 cells are also called T helper cells, and they're kind of a type of white blood cell. They are the first line of defense. They are 
the initial defense mechanism against any and all infections, including viral infections. So the CD4 cells raise the alarm, right? You get infected with whatever. And they prompt the other types of specific immune cells to respond appropriately. And they release signaling molecules to get this done. And those are called cytokines. Do you remember all the people dying of cytokine storms? Hmm, think about that. The CD4 cells are central, I mean they're key, to the body's ability to remember and to respond to specific types of infections, specific types of pathogens. However, certain viruses like HIV specifically target and infect CD4 cells themselves. Do you remember the stories I've brought you about HIV DNA strands being found in some of the vials of COVID jabs? If you go to the COVID page, there's actual microscopic pictures of all this. I mean, there's a lot of articles there. You'll have to find the right one, but there's many of them. I mean, I brought you kind of this link two years ago, and here's a study that's proving it. So, like HIV... COVID attacks these CD4 cells, and that creates vulnerability to other infections. I think my exact words two years ago, when the jabs first came out, these are not vaccines, and they are not. These are pathogenic pathways for whatever's coming next. And I'm not saying this to frighten anybody. I'm sure there's a number of listeners across the country who are listening to me and around the world who, for whatever reason, took one or two or whatever jabs thinking they were doing the right thing, you know, drinking the government Kool-Aid and the PSYOPs and succumbing to the manipulation of their minds by a concerted effort, by corrupt media, corrupt government, and globalists who are bent on population control. There's a Danish study that came out about a month ago, and they confirmed another thing I brought you, that there were several different batches of these jabs, didn't matter what the manufacturer was, and some were placebo or near placebo. In other words, they didn't really contain any of the juice. And others contained some, and others were lethal. So this is not a question of working yourself into a tizzy if you've had the jab. There are many protocols, including an ivermectin protocol, or an ivermectin-based protocol, vitamin protocols, etc., which seem to at least in many people, uh, do a wonderful job of kind of cleansing the body of these spike proteins and keeping them under control. That is also on the COVID page. You can also visit America's Frontline Doctors, the FFL. They have a great protocol. Dr. Zelensky's protocol is excellent. Dr. McCullough's protocol is excellent. There's a number of good ones out there. From what I'm reading, the most beneficial ones seem to be the ones that have other vitamins and herbs, etc., that also center around ivermectin, which suddenly, and I brought you this story last week, the government, after basically poo-pooing ivermectin and calling it horse paste along with the media, suddenly is taking the position, we never said that, you can take ivermectin anytime you want, no problem. Do you think all this is interrelated? Do you think this is all an accident? Just a coincidence? So once inside the CD4 cell, the spike protein in many cases kills a cell. Every CD4 cell it kills or that it interferes with its ability to sense infections, of course, weakens your immune system. And this seems to increase that cytokine response. And that's called viral persistence. Once again, I'm a non-scientist trying to explain this to you from this study. You can read the study yourself. Now, what they don't know is how long these 
as they call them, alterations in T-cell function, the CD4 cell function, how long they persist, and whether they have long-lasting impacts or, you know, they tend to dissipate and go away. But one thing that they were convinced of is that every time somebody takes a jab, each booster that they're trying to foist on you right now, you know, I mean, uh, it's unbelievable. We'll get more into that in the rat-a-tat-tat. But back at the time that the FDA, quote-unquote, approved, on an experimental basis, the safest and most effective vaccines in human history, the effect of attacking the immune system through CD4 was, they say, unknown. But you know... And this is the rest of the story of this little segment. It was known. There was a FOIA request that was served on the CDC. It was dated, believe it or not, Tuesday, February 4th, 2020, right? This is before the two weeks to stop the spread and all the rest of the stuff. And it appears that fraudulent Fauci, that weasel, that little evil elf who needs to be tried for treason and crimes against humanity and hung, once of course he's found guilty, had been told of a study by a group of Indian, in other words, India, researchers, which was immediately forced to be withdrawn. And then this study by the Indian doctors, they claimed that HIV genes were found inserted into the COVID's RNA. Remember, HIV also targets the CD4 cells. But that study went away at the assistance of Fauci and the NIH. And Fauci has now tried to maintain that he had never heard of this, you know, just like he never funded the research in Wuhan, or he never received royalties on all the jabs that were sold. But it turns out, based on these FOIAs, which, by the way, went through about a year and a half of litigation before the NIH released the information under a court order, it seems that Fauci was separately and directly told about this immune system destructive feature. And he was told early enough, folks, where he could have saved countless lives. He either arrogantly dismissed it, or more likely, he and the NIH actively suppressed the information. And remember what Fauci was kind of known for before all this occurred? That's right, HIV studies. HIV scandals, in fact. Anyway, the emails that the FOIA uncovered proves it wasn't just Fauci. It wasn't just Collins. It was the entire NIH and government health apparatus. And these people need to be brought to justice. Let me say again, if you have a claim, bring it. And if you're looking for an attorney, go to the COVID litigation page on the website on the right side radio.com, and that'll give you some leads. And this is a growing network of counsel out there that are fighting the good fight. If you can't find somebody there who can take it, they can certainly refer you to other attorneys who are getting into this line of work, and there are many. There's going to be many more. If you have had the jab, this is not a time to worry. This is a time to act. Talk to your doctor. If he poo-poos your concerns, maybe you find another doctor. We will post next week places you can get ivermectin if your doctor will not prescribe it for you. And, you know, research these protocols, which a lot of people say are working. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving you medical advice. But being proactive and taking these protocols seems to have beneficial effects for many And, you know, the only horse you know you will never ride is the one you don't throw the saddle on. Speaking of COVID, so the rumors are circulating that there's this new variant strain out there. Oh, my goodness. Oh, if we didn't all die to begin with, we're all going to die now. And the Secretary of Health, Education, etc., Xavier, you know, he's an attorney. He's not a doctor. But he recently came out and said that you should get a jab 
every two months just to be safe. And the CDC recommended, I brought you this story two months ago, to make sure you get an annual booster. Well, folks, it's certainly up to you. But you might want to stay away from those needles, given all the science that's coming out that's been, shall we say, suppressed for the last two years by those well-meaning government employees who have your interests at heart and the globalists who want to see the population grow. And it seems that in advance of this new variant, which is coming at us like a freight train, oh my God, everybody's starting to mask up again. You know, all the maskers are jumping up and down saying it's time to Put on that thing over your nose and don't you worry about it because it's good for you. So in the UK mirror yesterday, and by the way, this happened in the United States too. I'll give you some examples. But in the UK mirror a couple days ago, quote, scientists call for Brits to wear masks again due to startling new COVID variant, unquote. Not just a COVID variant, folks, but a startling new COVID variant. Yeah, of course. So they've identified a new Omicron variant, B6, maybe some more gain-of-function experiment in some Fauci or Red Chinese lab somewhere, perhaps. And uh, there's hysterical speculation by all the COVID mania folks that this could be the one, folks, the one. Give you a quote here. Warning that people should start wearing face masks to stop the spread. Oh, gee, where we heard those words before. Dr. Trisha Greenhall, a primary healthcare expert at the University of Oxford, wrote on Twitter, quote, My various science WhatsApp groups, <laughs> well, that's scientific, are buzzing. Genetic lineage clips and diagrams flying back and forth. I understand little of the detail, but it looks like once again it's time to mask up. Oh, my God, folks, go out and get that gauze. Get those N95s. Save yourself. And remember, while you're doing that, get an electric car so that once you save yourself from COVID, you're not going to be incinerated by global warming just seven years from now. 14-year-old from Encinitis dies while paddleboarding in Minnesota. Seems a 14-year-old had a heart attack. And, of course, ever concerned about your health, the globalists, including Mark Zuckerberg, you know, Facebook, YouTube, etc., apparently, here in the last two weeks, quote, YouTube will remove cancer treatment misinformation. Oh, you mean those turbo cancers which have suddenly sprung up after the, huh, how do you say the word, jab? Quote, the company will remove content that contradicts well-established guidance. Oh, well, we can rely on that, can we? From health officials. Oh, yes, those health officials about topics such as COVID-19, reproductive health, cancer, and harmful substances, amongst others, unquote. I guess we know what they don't consider a harmful substance, don't we? And by the way, reproductive health, I think that's, I think they're, what they're really trying to say is abortion and trans surgeries. What do you think? And YouTube apparently is saying they're going to take action against treatments that are actively harmful, oh, determined by YouTube, by Zuckerberg, as well as those that are unproven and are being suggested in place of established alternatives. And of course, you know, when we have all these excess deaths occurring everywhere and sudden death syndrome everywhere, and the numbers are up by thousands, tens of thousands, you name it, that we know of, um, what, what a great idea to stop people from talking about possible remedies, don't you think? By the way, as a little sidelight on that, the Functional Government Initiative, FGI, they filed a Freedom of Information Act, and they wanted to see all the documents that supported this recommendation <laughs> by the top federal agency to get a shot every two months. And, you know, after they 
kind of stonewalled the request for a long time. The government admitted it had no evidence, that's zero evidence, to support Mr. Becerra's recommendations. Because, you know, it's science. And then, to make this totally ironic, (laughs) oh my God, CNN, of all places, they run a story, oh, I don't know, a week or so ago, about allegedly safe and effective, oh, you know, there's those words again, FDA-approved drugs. Quote, long-term use of certain reflux medications is associated with a higher risk of dementia, study suggests, unquote. It seems that in a study that's come out, researchers have found that those commonly prescribed, you know, safe and effective folks, drugs like Prilosec, Nexium, and Prevacid were linked to a 33%, that's 33%, increased risk of developing dementia. And there's a doctor by the name of Gregory Day. He's an associate professor in the Department of Neurology, Mayo Clinic. So, you know, good credentials. And he agreed that there there may be a link between PPIs, in other words, these drugs, and the effects of amyloid in the brain, which is kind of one of the precipitators of dementia. By the way, those three drugs have been on the market. <clears throat> I think Nexium was approved in February of 2001. So 20 years later, we are learning what the FDA should have known before they even approved the drug. Are you kind of getting the flow here? By the way, latest CDC data. This is right from the government's mouth, (laughs) their lion lips. So you know that it's, should we say, underreported. It seems that young people aged 0 to 24, wow, they have a lot of increased excess, quote-unquote, natural cause deaths. And this age group's baseline, folks, is zero. Because, you know, young people usually don't die from natural causes. It's usually accidents, human causes, whatever. But now, excess natural cause deaths in that really young age group is about 220 a week here in the United States. And remember, American kids enjoy the most expensive health care in the world, but they have been injected over 70 times with various quote-unquote vaccines. But sometime in 2021, gee, what happened there in... 2021. Oh, yeah, that's right. Those safe and effective COVID jabs. That's when these excess deaths began to reach historic proportions. And the trend is headed upwards at an alarming rate, I might add. You know, don't you wish that we had some like health agency folks, health agencies in the United States government funded by tens of billions of our tax dollars that could watch out for us and tell us all this stuff was going to happen? Oh, well, you know, fairy tales can come true. They can happen to you. The CDC, in the last week or two, by the way, also recommended that you get your second monkeypox shot. Of course. Of course. By the way, there was a recent study on masks. Gee, the timing was kind of apropos, don't you think? A recent study on masks. And you know what they found? They found that there were toxic agents in each of the N95 masks that they tested. In other words, not only are you depriving yourself of oxygen wearing a mask, but there seems to be all sorts of nasties in the manufacturing process which are embedded in the mask, which get into your lungs and your bloodstream and who knows what else. So I'm going to suggest that if they tried their lockdown mask mandate, jab mandate, whatever nonsense they have planned, because, you know, there's no better way to interrupt an election a year from now than one of these deals, or maybe a war, they're working on that too, that we all say no. What do you think? I will not comply. You can stick it where the sun don't shine. You know, I brought you a little story, I think it was about three, four weeks ago, 
It was a really, really, really good meme. Being one American, I wondered what I could do. And then I looked around and I saw there was a hundred million of us. Think about the effects of a hundred million people, a hundred and fifty million people, two hundred million people saying no, a simple word. One of the best words in the English language when it comes to telling totalitarians where they can stick it. Just say no. And Elon Musk is jumping into the fray kind of indirectly. He posted on Twitter, now known as X, that anybody who posts anything on Twitter that gets them in trouble with their employer should sue their employer and he will cover all their legal bills. So it seems that there's an outlet for you to voice your frustration and to complain about whatever nonsense they try and cram down your throat. And there's a multi, 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 according to everybody, the richest guy in the world, who says he'll pay your legal bills. And you know that election fraud that never occurred because this was the cleanest, fairest elections in 2020 and 22 that the world has ever seen in the history of humankind? Move right along. There's nothing to question here. And if you question it, you are a threat to democracy and you will get indicted by the Fulton County DA, just like Mr. Trump did. Because there was no election fraud. And, you know, if you tried to get people to think that there was, well, then you were committing an election fraud. I mean, it's really kind of a circular argument that's tough to comprehend. Nonetheless, that is the Fulton County DA's argument. Well, it seems that there was this article in the Gateway Pundit. I mean, just in the last week or so. Here is the headline. Now we have proof. TGP exclusive. Massive 2020 voter fraud uncovered in Michigan including estimated 800,000, that's 800,000, ballot applications sent to non-qualified voters, bags of prepaid gift cards, guns with silencers, burner phones, and a Democratic-funded organization with multiple temporary facilities in several states. This whole investigation, which is now coming out, was triggered, by the way, on October 8, 2020. That was a month before when Mr. Biden our cadaver president, got 85 million votes, you know. And in Muskegon County, there was a clerk by the name of Ann Meish, and she noticed a black female who was dropping off 10,000 completed voter registration applications at the city clerk's office. The clerk thought this was a little suspicious, and she thought a lot of the ballots looked fake, so she called police. And after a state investigation, Michigan's attorney general referred the entire matter to the FBI, and guess what happened? <sighs> The trail ended, folks. So does this prove election fraud? No. But let's face it. The repeated official claims that there was no evidence of election fraud in 2020 in Michigan or the other battleground states, you know, it this kind of disproves it conclusively. And I've brought you other stories, too. The gentleman who testified that he brought ballots across state lines from New Jersey to New York and Pennsylvania and on and on. The link to that story, by the way, is on the website under election fraud. And by the way, Anheuser-Busch continues to be embattled. Isn't that just too bad, those woke idiots? They, besides closing bottling plants, laying off hundreds and hundreds of employees, seeing their sales down 29%, they are now selling off eight of its brands to try and make up for the Bud Light woke drama. Remember, one American looked around and said, but what can I do? And then he saw the other 100 million Americans. And for our last rat-a-tat-tat, let me remind you what I've been warning you of for months. Do not believe the hype on this economy. Remember, those GDP numbers, that includes government deficits, which are $2 trillion a year. 
and it included a buildup of car inventories. GDP is really negative. And U.S. savings, household savings, has gone down by $5.5 trillion since April 2021. Do you wonder why people are running out of money and using credit cards more? Some great videos, wealthy on interviews of high economic mucky mucks, on the website, on the right side radio.com, under family safety, economy, and under the audio bar. Watch them. You will be in the know. We're out of time. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the right side radio. Remember, look in the mirror, repeat after me, and repeat it with conviction. I will muster. I will stand. I will not comply. I will never give in. I will never stop fighting. I will join with those in these United States and around the globe who love freedom as I do, and we will win. Oh, yes, we will. Keep the wind at your back. I'll talk to you next week. Please remember, if you've missed any shows, just click on Show Archive and you'll find all of his shows. We look forward to seeing you here again next week for another episode of Reed Lance Rosenthal on the right side.